You see him? I've got no beard now. I have. It's a clean-shaven baby. Oh, yeah. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, then. Enjoy that, now. No. <laughs> uh, Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by a man with the best Zoom background. It's BBC Match of the Day magazine writer Jake Wilson. How are you doing? I'm doing all well, considering, you know, no complaints, no complaints. This is fine. A truly tremendous background it is the this is fine dog. Without the dog, but with Jake Wilson. I am uh, the dog. I've got the ears and everything. Look how big they are. Sweet le dog. Um, <laughs> I don't know where we're going with that, so let's just move on. Um, we are here to bring you all of the latest football goings-on and happenings. Uh, we are at the halfway stage of the Premier League, so we'll be bringing you our completely wrong predictions for the rest of the season to come. Uh, we also have our Fantasy Premier League Tales of... Tales of joy this week. Tales of joy, but it's usually war. Uh, and we're going to be rounding off by looking at some of the biggest FA Cup ties of the weekend. We love the FA Cup here. A true a true friend of the pod is the FA Cup. Uh, we'll be taking a look at some of the biggest potential giant slings of the weekend. Uh, jolly, jolly, jolly. And <laughs> we'll kickstart with our Premier League halfway review. Um Title contenders. We chatted a little bit about them last time out. If you if you remember back to you know last week, which feels like several years ago, um, under lockdown circumstances. Um, but a quick run through. Um, have you been watching? Have you been keeping up with the, the title race? Some of the big games on last night. Some very good football on last night on Wednesday night as uh, Man United got a win over Fulham and Man City. Probably one of the games of the season actually against Villa. Um, who are you backing in this title race? Who is your contenders? What's your predictions? Well, yeah, we spoke about this in the old um, pre-Biden era. Um, <laughs> but uh, in, in, now in the, the current Biden era, I'm, I think things are, are slightly similar. Cities to lose, isn't it? <laughs> hang on, hang on. You're really, trying to bring, really. Trying to bring in some context like that. Just just thought we'd make it, you know, current, bring in the, the world's affairs into the pods. Definitely. Don't let me don't um, let me put you down. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, it's cities to lose, isn't it? Um another clean sheet, another couple of goals and the three points. I didn't see that game, I watched the the Fulham United. Um, but but they seem like they're just going from strength to strength at the minute. Did you did you pick up on that watch? Yeah, I, I actually have Man City's to lose was basically my note on that game. <laughs> that <is laughs> so nice. we're in sync here. Um, yeah, they just look so good, don't they, across the pitch. Gundogan's turned pretty influential in the middle, actually, after sort of a while of being, um, you know, just ticking along. He's actually becoming coming to the forefront. Um, obviously, De Bruyne went off, and that's when they actually stepped up a gear, which is not what we expect. Uh, I mean, it was a mad game. It should have been about seven all, I think, but um, and a lot of rewriting of the offside rule, I believe. But uh, we'll, that's a that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, I feel like it's cities to lose, really, isn't it? Um, but at the same time, Man United impressed with them. Good win against Fulham. I actually like Fulham. I, I rate Fulham. I, li- I like Scott Parker. We'll come to them in a little while. Um, I really like Edinson Cavani. Such a workhorse. Such a grafter. Um, I, actually, I thought Jermaine Genus when he said uh, he brought it up about 
sort of being in the flesh, seeing Cavani live is different. You you appreciate him more in the flesh. And I don't want to go all football hipster here, but I went and saw PSG uh, when it was Neymar and Mbappe and Cavani. And Cavani was the one who he just works so hard. He's chasing every ball down. He's he, he is there in those you know in the six yard box on the edge of the box. He it's no wonder he scored four hundred plus goals. Um, I'd be I'd be actually backing him to start every game this season from from now on. Um, not not Definitely. to totally disparage Marshall, but Cavani is just so good. Definitely, I think the, the commentators mentioned that on the on the on the broadcast. Um, Cavani is the player if you if you look at Man United's forward line that you would trust most or maybe should trust most to fire them to the title. Mm. Rashford Rashford's been playing really well, but he scores in patches. Um, Martial again can be quite hit and miss, and Greenwood's still very young. He he outscored his xG um, quite handsomely last season, so I think that was a bit of an outlier. Um, but I think Oli, um, as the commentators alluded to, is um, a little bit hesitant. To, to start Cavani regularly because it means that he has to drop Rashford or Martial um, because neither of those um, want to play on the right. Mm. So um, I think that's probably what they're going to have to do if they want to win the, the, the title. Um, long-term, Cavani is a goal scorer um, in a way that Rashford or Martial have never proven themselves to be. Mm. Um so, so yeah, they, they keep getting over the line and they, they're going to stick around in this race. They really are. They really are. And, and like I said, Cavani, I think he's just very good at finding those almost goal poaching in a sense. I, I think he's got that natural instinct, whereas Rashford scores scores a screamer. Um, Marshall can score very good goals. Cavani Cavani does that, that crossword bounced out from Fernandez from Ariola, And Cavani was there. I don't really see Rashford or Marshall in those positions as often. Um, so yeah, very interesting one. But I can see them hanging around in that title race for some time. Um, obviously, Leicester are up there as well. I'm not. I, I think they are in the title race. I think they are the dark horses of the title race. Um, Liverpool are an interesting one. It's so hard to diagnose sort of what the problem is with Liverpool. It's it's going forward, but it's not like the personnel's massively changed. It's still Mane, Firmino, Salah. The style hasn't massively changed really hard to put your finger on on Liverpool do you think they're still I mean this might be a very stupid question to ask but do you think they're still in with a shout of winning the title this this season yeah yeah um I I do <laughs> I'm very hesitant to bet against Liverpool ever. yeah that's what um, it feels like isn't it yeah um and I think um having spoken to some Liverpool fans they are missing a lot of players I do think injuries are playing a big part here their centre-back situation is shambles playing Fabinho and Jordan Henderson at centre-back is not what they're going to be wanting but I think they're missing Diogo Jota as well um you know he really kicked on the start of the season and he's been missing for a little while now um and they do lack that option when when Firmino can't seem to kick the ball very hard at the goal um <laughs> or Salah and Mane aren't seeming to get in the, the positions properly Origi doesn't look like the option they started Shakiri um last game who um has only had flashes um, at Liverpool. I think he's only played 50 games for them in however many seasons he's been there now, maybe four, which is not a lot. Um, and then Minamino, um, who we have, again, only seen flashes of the the player that they know he can be there. So 
um, up and down the pitch, um, as we spoke about maybe last week, other than central midfield, I think yeah. I think they're in, um, you know, and maybe in goal, they're having a, a few issues across the board, and it's Klopp's job to to get them right. I think now, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, prediction. Uh, let, let's let's nail our colours to the mast here. Prediction for the end of the season. We'll, we'll come back to this in May and we'll laugh at it. But um, who are you going for? Beginning of the season, I said Liverpool. Middle of the season, I'm going to say Liverpool. Um, I don't like to, to change. I think um, it's easy to jump on form. Quality is permanent, Michael. Interesting. Interesting. I am going with Manchester City, I think, defensively. They're outstanding. They're scoring goals, and they still have Sergio Aguero to come back. And we all know how much I adore Sergio Aguero. So do not bet against them. Um, very good title race in prospect, though. Uh, moving on, slightly expanding that to the top four. Uh, um, I've gone with my prediction for the end of the season. I know we've mentioned City, United, Liverpool. There, I can't see any of those finishing outside the top four. Um, and I've mentioned them briefly in passing. I think Leicester are going to sit in there. Maybe it's a slightly boring prediction, um, but I think, as I've mentioned before, Barnes, Madison, James Justin, they all they have it all to play for in terms of England, in terms of internationals with, with the Euros coming up. Um, Vardy's just a, a permanently lethal striker. Uh, Tillman's stepping up a little bit, seeing, seeing him making a bit more of an impact. Uh, indeed, he's just great. And and I think Rodgers would be a bit, of a bit of a fool to leave them right now. I know he's been linked with Chelsea, um, I think that's probably a bit, you know, out of the blue. It's just adding two and two together and coming up with fifty-two. Um, but yeah, I think Rogers will will still be there. I think he'll resist resist the call from other clubs, um, and I could see them nailing down that that fourth spot. Yeah, hard to argue with those four at the minute. They all look. Um nailed in there um, Spurs giving away too many results Everton you'd think it might be a little bit too early for them Chelsea uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about them much this week but an absolute shambles at the moment only Sheffield United have lost more Premier League games in the last 45 days than Chelsea which is um, uh, not good um, yeah. uh, and then Southampton and West Ham are, are the dark horses again I think they'll be shooting for Europe rather than Champions League um, but and, and yeah Leicester look great and, and you, you've mentioned a lot of names there but not Ricardo Pereira or uh, Soyuncu who are both coming back to full fitness and that is just huge of course of course and I actually want to say I think there's this there's almost this psychological thing of if there's a top four, that means there's got to be there's only four elite teams in, in the Premier League or there's only four sort of good teams in the Premier League. I think to get in the top six this year, you will have to be spectacular. <laughs> I think I think it'll be a big achievement for any team to get in that top six this time around. And I actually think so I, I don't want to be I don't want to knock Spurs too much because I think Hoiberg looks great. Um, Kane has been fantastic this season. Son has obviously been fantastic. I, I do like what Mourinho's doing. I know he, he has he, he get he takes pelters, you know, when he plays sets up defensively, but I actually really like the direction Spurs are going. Um you just can't quite trust them yet. Um in fact I haven't even mentioned the main guy, Tangai and Dombele. Oh my goodness, what a brilliant footballer to watch. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can see I'm a little bit more excited about Leicester at the moment, but I don't think it would be a failure 
a, a, an abject failure if Spurs didn't crack that top four this time around. I think the competition is just that good this time around. I think you, you're totally right. I think to get in the top 10 this year, yeah. you're going to have to be brilliant. The, the, we mentioned nine teams that are going for the, mm. the, the top spots. Um, Villa have got three games in hand, I think, over Chelsea. Yeah. So, and they're three points behind. So they win all three of those games. They're right up there. And that's Aston Villa. I think if you're going to get in the top 10 this year, you've done a great job. Um, mm. There's going to be a lot of teams very happy to come 13th, 14th and 15th. You know, that's all there. Indeed. And I think that's the sort of thing where you've got to look beyond the, at the end of the season, looking beyond positions and actually think more of trajectory. And I think if Spurs can, you know, even if they do finish fifth outside the Champions League spaces, but if those players continue to show the form they have so far, then I think that's actually a good season. It might not look like that on paper, um, but I think there's progress there. And, and the same with other teams, Everton, the likes of that, even if they finish down in ninth, We've seen from them that they have potential to to, to fly, really. Um, coming back around to the relegation dogfight, um, I just want to put out there: are we are we are we agreed that Sheffield United are kind of gone? It does look they're just a few few too many points adrift. The goals aren't there. Um, they've played about seven different forwards, um, and, and neither of them can be consistent. So well, I, mean, I think Sheffield they, United. Yeah, they're going to have to put on a sort of probably top six level sort of form for the rest of the season if they're actually... It, it, it's not a case of how they're going to do from now on. It's just they're already so far behind the you know the average. Um, I think it'll be very tough to see them escaping. So I'm going to... Sorry, Sheffield United fans. I think we're going to have to talk about this as a, as a two spaces left to fill sort of uh, situation. Um and I think there's four teams in real danger. I think there's one very dark, dark, dark horse uh, to go down, who I'll come to in a second. But um, the, four, the four sides, I actually think the two in the relegation places might feel like they have a little more cause for optimism than the two just outside the relegation spaces. So I think Sam, Big Sam is the best man for West Brom right now. I think that their defence has been shot to bits all season, bring in the coach who will you know, get some, get a tune of some description out of that defence. Uh, and Scott Parker, I really like Scott Parker. He's been flexible this season. Uh, he's performing, Fulham are performing very well. It's just not quite converting the points, but they are performing well. And, and again, this is where the cold light of the table doesn't quite show what's happening at Fulham. And I think Fulham are are performing better than what their league position would suggest. It's just about turning those draws and solid performances into wins against teams around them. Um, so I think there's little shoots of optimism there. Brighton and Newcastle, it brings me no joy whatsoever to see Newcastle sliding, hurtling towards oblivion. Absolutely <laughs> none at all. <laughs> um, but they're, they're, I mean, gloves off, all that Steve Bruce chat, gloves off against Arsenal with one of the most shambolic performances. Brighton, they're just not for me, really. Not a clinical edge. They're, they're quality players, Welbeck, Lallana, Lamptey, all very injury prone, barely on the pitch. I think they've both got to really worry about this, this second half of the season. I'm going to agree with you on one half of that sentence um, in Newcastle. They're... The eye test is terrible. If you watch Newcastle, <laughs> it is bleak. Um, very few uh, attacks. Um, there was one case in uh, the last game, I think it was, Jacob Murphy 
um, or Josh Murphy, it's Jacob Murphy. <laughs> um, he ran, he ran about, he, he ran about thirty yards with the ball. Um, and Joe Linton and Andy Carroll, neither of them even bothered to to go up anywhere near him. They knew they were going to lose the ball and they were going to sit back. They are the most passive team in the league, um, and the stats just look horrendous. It's so just very they're... logical. I feel like it's the logic is sort of broken down on hindsight in terms of they they, they played four four two, they stuck Carroll up front. And they don't play wingers. <laughs> like they, they don't actually play the players who are going to put the ball into the box for Carroll. And now I can't remember who I can't remember who was came on for Carroll. They actually brought a winger on for Carroll. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how, what's the logic in that? Um, it, it's a very confusing time, I think, for Newcastle. Um, Arsenal may be quite a tough one to, you know, say you're going to bring the gloves off and give them a good shot because Arsenal are, are improving. Um, but Aston Villa up this weekend and Aston Villa are playing well, but that's the sort of game where you can maybe get a slightly, slightly more accurate read on where they're at, but it's not looking good. Yeah, no, not at all. It is uh, scary over there, but I'm going to disagree with you, Brighton. Um, they aren't scoring the goals that they need to. It's a simple fact. Mope came back, scored, um, which is good, but Welbeck hasn't, Trossard hasn't. Um, they are lacking goals. But if you look at the, the the stats under it, their XG is outstanding. They should be beating most teams they're playing. Um, I think they're something like seven or eight goals down on their XG. Mm. And the points that would translate to is huge. Um, I wouldn't be massively surprised if Brighton finished 10th, if they were that team that, that finished in the top 10. And that, I, I, I'll predict that. I think I'd be more surprised that Brighton went down than say Brighton finish above Chelsea. It's it's one of those for me. I really, really wow. like how they're playing. I think they're defensively should be better than they seem to have been. I think the goalkeeper situations hurt them there. Um, Robert Sanchez obviously wasn't their um, immediate idea to be playing in goal week in, week out. Matt Ryan obviously gone through some, some, uh, some issues in net. So, I, I I disagree a bit on the on the Brighton front for sure. I think they'll be fine. Interesting. I'd be, yeah. Interesting I because it's, uh, I, I think it's, I see I think your it's opinion. From, yeah, go go go. Oh, I see your opinion, and I raise you the fact that I've put them in my bottom three. Wow. <laughs> I I just I, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying that they're creating chances because when I've seen Brighton, they have made chances. Uh, it was earlier in the season against City, I believe. I think it was Aaron Connolly had a couple of chances to to put them in, and they just didn't. Oh, it was Liverpool. It was Liverpool, I think. Um, and but I don't. <sighs> But creating chances, ultimately you need to take them in the end. And I just, I, finishing chances and being clinical isn't something you can really, can you coach that into players? I think that you've got to sort of, that, that's like a natural ability to do that and to keep your composure, to keep your, keep your head in those situations. It's, I, I see what you're saying. I think with a, with a good striker, they could be a very decent side. I just don't really see it. And I think they're running out of time to actually start putting away those chances. Like, what's going to change? What's going to turn that, you know, a, a decent XG tally into actual G tally? Um, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the fight. It's Newcastle with a genuine goal scorer in Callum Wilson mm. and Brighton playing actually good football, but maybe kind of lacking that. You know, I'm, I'm hoping Mope steps up. Um, he obviously is the player and is talented enough to to hit 15 goals in the Premier League, 
um, Brighton are playing the football for it. It's um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I also want to bring in my dark horse at this point of the conversation. Um, I don't think they will go down, but I think Leeds could struggle. Leeds? I, Leeds. I think Leeds are a weird, bizarre, beautiful team. <laughs> they're a... They're a <laughs> They're, they're a star imploding. They are, <laughs> they are a car crash. You can't quite take your eyes off them. They are... They, I hear a lot about them being fantastic for the neutral. How good are they for the fans? <laughs> they, must be, they must be worried sick every time they play. And we talk about Brighton not being able to take chances. You see that goal. That Brighton beat them last week 1-0. And it was it was Morpé basically standing on the goal line, no Leeds defender or even the goalkeeper within ten yards of him. And I just think when you're defending like that, you're asking for trouble. And, and against somebody like Brighton, to lose one nil to Brighton is is not a good result. I don't think um, a team who have had their defensive wobbles of their own uh, and who haven't been clinical to actually come away with with a clinical win. Um, it's not a great endorsement. I, I think they will be fine, and I think they'll. It's one of those where they'll probably win half their games, lose half their games. I don't think there'll be many draws for Leeds this time around, um, and and those wins will actually keep them up. But I, I think they'll probably slide. I think there may be there may be a time in this season where they are a little bit nervy, Leeds. Mm. I, um, I don't disagree. Yeah. I think they are way too porous at the back. They. Um, Bielsa obviously has them playing a very specific style of play, but um, turning that into results in the Premier League's uh, easier said than done. So I think I think they are they are probably looking over their shoulder. They're only on twenty three points. That's um, you know four points above uh, Newcastle. So mm. that's not loads. Um, another dark horse. I hate to say it, but I'm going to be completely realistic. Is Wolves? Um, our form at the minute is horrendous points wise it is it's relegation form um and it's it's lacking that big man up top the the, the bright light is the um uh <laughs> the links to william jose that came yeah. in overnight everyone reported it within about 15 minutes and i'm no i'm not getting my hopes up it hasn't <laughs> happened until he's got the shirt on um but, but we, need we riot yeah <laughs> <laughs> we need we need him we need a forward um, apparently, it's uh, it's it's on underway. It's the the tie up is the the permanent fee we'd pay at the end potentially. But um, if we don't get a striker and we are relying on playing Fabio Silva or Patrick Catrone, I would be very worried for the rest of the season. Um, and I will be looking up that forty point mark um, very very closely. Very interesting. Um, it's quite nice that we haven't really uh, mentioned Burnley at all. I think I know. Just know they're going to be all right, aren't they? <laughs> we are full. I'm glad you brought them up because we are fully expecting. I am fully expecting that February little purple patch. They're going to go like five games unbeaten. They're going to win four of them. They're going to beat a big boy and they'll beat Chelsea. Let's say they'll beat Chelsea. There's going to be a streak where Chris Wood scores five and seven. Ashley Barnes is going to score four and eight, and they're going to be fine. We we know how the Burnley script. <laughs> is written um <laughs> get ready for it uh wrapping up this little section so who is your final bottom three sheffield united west bromwich album despite them beating us in the black country derby that's the only mention that we'll get on this podcast um <laughs> and and the tune i think i think newcastle could be in real trouble if things don't don't change there the, the other teams fulham burnley brighton all look good 
I'm going with Sheffield United. I'm going with Brighton. And I'm going with West Brom. And I'm going with West Brom just because I, as much as I rate Big Sam, somebody of three teams have to go down, really. And are they going to win enough games? I think I can see them churning out draws and solidifying. He's, he's working with not a lot, really, there. Uh, and I think Newcastle will be perched just ahead. I think they have an okay squad. They have they have the bones of a squad, and I think if they um, if Steve Bruce is to leave sometime soon, which I think we can sort of expect if if results don't pick up, uh, if they get the managerial appointment right, um, if that is to happen, then I could see somebody making the most of the likes of Fraser, the likes of um, Wilson, and just about surviving. But it will be an incredible relegation battle, that is for sure. Uh, same with the top, same throughout all the league. I'm very excited. Let's come back to this in May and mock ourselves. <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on to Fantasy Premier League. Um, I'm going to just put it straight out there that I came so close, so close to captaining Mr. John Stones. Didn't captain Oh, Mr. wow. I was, it was between Stones and I went with Fernandez in the end. Um, oh, man. I'm so good that I didn't do it because that would have just been <laughs> the ultimate worldy masterstroke. <laughs> Yep, someone in my fantasy league uh, captained Antonio. Nice. Uh, he's got a lovely 34 points. He had Suchek as his vice, who got him four <laughs> in the end. Um, so it does it does, uh, it does, does pay off to put a differential in that captain role. Um, I'm still waiting on, on Salah, so I'm less pleased. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's, there's still some green shoots across there's the like pitch. A... It's decent. Yeah, there's like this weird thing where like it has to, because I know that the ceiling is higher for attackers and midfielders. Um, especially creative ones like Fernandez who can assist and score. But like John Stones, if you're looking at his sort of clean sheets, almost as if they're goals in a sense, like he's kept one, two, three, four, five, five clean sheets in his last six games. And you just think like that's better than Kane's goal return. That's better than Fernandez's assist return. And actually, I think, yeah, maybe he hasn't got quite a higher ceiling. The, the Palace game was just a madness. Um, but for a solid sort of 12 points, I don't think you can really sniff that again, you know, with Man City at the moment sort of grinding in the gear at the back. Um, Definitely. I think I think having a stacked defence, at least four really good, and then maybe a kind of a, a Charlie Taylor at 4.5, something like that, I think is such value for money. You're paying so many millions out in FPL for Hyungmin Son, for, for Mo Salah, that you need to balance that by putting the rest of the money into your defence. You know, I think I think teams should have a, a Brewster on the bench, but in one of those forward roles, rather than it being in your defence, I think your defence is where you're going to get those regular points consistently. Um, fullbacks and and, and centre backs getting clean sheets that will that will get you up the league, rather than banking on, you know, Miguel Almiron to score twice against Crystal Palace, for example. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned Salah there, Salah. What 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 do we do about Mohamed Salah? I mean, I've got him in there. You've captained him, so you're backing him at some level. <sighs> Liverpool, no goals in three, no wins in four. I mean, it's it's absolutely the thing of the, the week you take him out, he's going to score a hat-trick. I, I hope we were all agreed on that. Um, but it, it does make you wonder, what, what, what should we do with Mohamed Salah, Jake Wilson? What should we do with him? I've no clue. But you would think the fever would have to break eventually. 
Um, mm. you, think, you think Liverpool will score the goal, maybe in the FA Cup this weekend will be the, the remedy against Man United, and they will just hit that bit of form and learn how to score four goals a game. Even if they're conceding two, you, they know how to score. Last season, we saw it. Mm. They scored so many through that front line. Um, I can't see this drought going on for, for more than a couple more game weeks. And if you sell him now, maybe it's too late. Maybe his price has dropped too much. And when you want to bring him back in, you're losing half a mil. So mm. I'm sticking with him. Mo has, has done me well. He's earned that bit of trust over the last credit, season. Credit in, bank, the, credit in the bank. Credit in the bank. And that also got me, just got me wondering about the top point scorers this season. Up again at the halfway point, we're sort of looking at who could be the, the top dogs at the end of the season. Um, top three point scorers in third place, we have Son with 139. Second, we have Fernandez with 140. And Kane leading the way with 142 points. Uh, it was very close. We have Salah sort of a little bit behind with uh, 128. De Bruyne behind that with only 95. Um, it got me wondering, who, who's going to be the top scorer this season? Who, who are we going for? Obviously, Kane flying along in you know, maybe a bit of a defensive team is he going to sort of run out of steam a little bit Fernandez is he going to run out of steam a little bit is Salah going to kick back into gear De Bruyne when Aguero comes back we uh we've been wondering about this so I think this is time to use our Twitter account haha uh the Radio Times the the Radio Times sport Twitter account is now live uh and it's pretty much just me screaming into the void at the moment um so we're going to do a little bit of a vote. Uh, we're going to put it to the people. We're going to, we want you to vote on our, on our tweet. We'll put a tweet out this week when this podcast goes live um, with who you think the top scorer in FPL will be this season. And I, I guess we need to work out which three options are going to put in there. So, so what's, what's our top three? Who are we going to put in there? Let's, let's sort this out live. I think, I think for form, KDB's in there. Um, I don't know if he'd be my pick because um, uh, he's, he's risky. Um, so KDB, get him up there. Um, I'd say Salah still because um, he's inevitable. Um, to doubt him is to um, make a mistake. And then um, I'm happy to stick with Kane. I think I think the Tottenham boys might drop off, but uh, Kane and then maybe it's a space for an other. Um, maybe we'll get told in the uh, in the old comments that uh, James Ward Prowse is going to score <laughs> free kick every and then we've we've ruined it. When, when uh, Jared Bowen takes the league by storm in the second half. Um, I, I, I see now you, you've, you've, you've left out Bruno Fernandes there. <laughs> and Bruno Fernandes, yeah. he's my number one for the season, man. He's my essential right now. Well, maybe he's instead of other then. Just other, you know, okay. Okay, should we put those in? Do we have to cut out Son? Look, we'll put the four in. If you think it's Son, if you want to fight us, please leave a comment. Leave your other suggestions in the comments. And, uh, and give us just let us know who you think the top point scorer is going to be by the end of the season. We'll shout you out in next week's episode if anybody answers the call. And uh, that's Radio Times Sport on Twitter. Um, and finally, we're going to move on. We have no big match previews for, this, for you this time, uh, but the FA Cup fourth round is back. It's upon us. Um, first, we're going to start us off with a little tale, a little tale from Europe this week. Uh, we're fresh from one of the biggest shocks in Spanish football, full stop. Um, third tier Alcoyano, bottom of their third tier regionalized group. For context, Real Madrid's B team Castilla are bottom of their third third tier regionalized group. 
Uh, they scored an 80th minute equaliser to take the extra time against Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey. They had a man sent off on 110 minutes. By this point, Zidane had thrown on Aiden Hazard, Tony Cruz, Karim Benzema, Marco Asensio. Marcello was already on the pitch. Casemiro was on the pitch. Lucas Vasquez on the pitch. Isco had been on the pitch. Vinicius Jr. had been on the pitch. This is a bit of a rant. Probably need to cut it down, but let's just keep going with it. An 115th minute winner by Juan Antonio Casanova Vidal for Alcayano to seal it for the third division side. Um, the reason I tell you this story, one of the greatest cup shocks of all time, Charlie V. Wolves, Charlie V. Wolves, Charlie V. Wolves, Charlie V. Wolves. <laughs> This history, Charlie V. Wolves, it's been well spoken about uh, um, amongst the Wolves fans. Back in 1986, Michael, here's my little story. Huge. 1986, Wolves lost 3-0 to the Lancashire part-timers, um, who by then, their players were only getting paid £25 a week. So it was absolutely <laughs> shocking. It was, it was seen by some as the club's rock bottom um, after three successive relegations. We're in the fourth tier um, and 3-0 to Chorley. Steve Ball was in the stands. He was ineligible to play. Um, and, and thankfully, we all know how the story uh, turned out after that. Um, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Steve Ball. We love you. We love you. Um, but, oh, it's a bit of revenge on the cards. Wow, it's really, yeah, it's quite bad, really, isn't it, when you're try, trying to seek revenge on Chorley? <laughs> really, well, yeah. They were tweeting West Brom this week. Um, yeah, that was such a, get oh. a similar result. A lot of fans didn't like that. I thought it was a, a bit of nothing, personally. Oh, I but, think um, like really silly, isn't it? Basically. It is. Really, it's, it really is. silly bit of social media. Just does anybody really care? Just like take the banter, take the banter. It's a bit WWE, isn't it? It's a bit, you, it know, is. It in, is. you know, beating chests, setting up for the main event on Friday night. And it is going to be a very interesting one. Hopefully we see Fabio Silva out there getting a goal um, in the old gold. Um, but I'm buzzing. Interesting. It should be a good one. I'm, I'm looking forward to tuning in for that one. And uh, are there any other games taking your fancy? Obviously, you have Manchester United versus Liverpool, uh, which will be great material for your late Sunday afternoon snooze, um, as it was for mine last week, because, yep. wow. Uh, but yeah, that is obviously the biggest biggest game of the round. Doesn't need me to dwell on that very long. Um, any other big games that we should be looking out for, Mr. Wilson? I think Southampton Arsenal looks really tasty. Two two teams in good form. Southampton are brilliant. I love watching them. Um, Arsenal could do with a bit of a marker. Um, so I think that would be a good watch. Um, and if you're looking for a giant killing, um, putting my uh, my my neck on the line, so to speak, um, I think Plymouth are going to win this weekend against Sheffield United. Um, they're they're doing doing okay in League One. They're eleventh. Beat Sunderland. Sorry to bring it up, Michael. Thanks, man. Uh, Thanks. Um, but just sold Niall Ennis from Wolves. Maybe that will just inspire them to, to show up oh the goodness. Premier League opposition. So come on, up the Argyle. <laughs> up the Argyle. Plymouth, uh, they, had been, they hadn't won in 11 away games and then they arrived, <laughs> sta- they arrived at a very wet Stadium of Light midweek. And I don't even need to tell you what happened with that one. So, um, yep. Don't say any more about yeah. that. Uh, I your Premier League team feels. Yeah, yeah. You could be Sunderland. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Another uh, so team in red and white, you know, not impressing their fans. So fair, fair play. Uh, I'm also going with Brentford Leicester. I think that should be an exciting one. Brentford, such a good team. Thomas Frank in charge. Uh, even Tony up front, banging in the goals. Leicester, we've already spoke about Leicester. Should be an exciting one. 
And Cheltenham v Manchester City, just for the sight of Pep Guardiola at the Johnny Rock Stadium. Say no more. <laughs> Say no more. Um, you can find a full guide to all of the FA Cup fixtures on TV, all the TV details, because they're, they're spread across BBC, BT, their digital services. They're all over the place. So come to us. Uh, we have a full guide, and I'll sort you right out. Um, what's coming up in Match of the Day magazine this week, Mr. Wilson? Well, our 100% transfers issue is still on shelves. A few more days of that right towards the end of the transfer window. So if you want that for your kids, don't make, make sure they don't miss it. It's a big one. And also on our YouTube, a very, very tasty little nugget. We've got a What It Takes interview with Arsenal's Rob Holding, talking about how he became a pro and uh, a few tips if uh, if you or a young one that you know wants to become a pro too. It is a very tasty one. Lee Stobbs, well done, sir. Very good. Very good. Well, yeah, pass on my best to Stobbs. It's been a while since I spoke to him, but, but good lad. Good lad. Um, yeah, glad he had a good chat with Rob Holding. And uh, coming up on RadioTimes.com, so I've been chatting to Sir Alastair Cook this week um, about Woo-hoo. the cricket. Um, he was chatting about Joe Root, Sri Lanka v England. And in, in his words, the out of context Steve Smith controversy. Um, that's all on our website right now, so you can go and take a look at that if you're interested. We're also looking ahead to Conor McGregor's return in UFC 257, and the NFL is screeching to an end with the AFC and NFC Championship Games, the semi-finals to UK fans like me and you, uh, including Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. If you are not an NFL fan, if you want to get in the NFL, bring your pen, bring your paper. That game's going to be a lesson. Um, thank you very much for listening. And please come to join us at Radio Times Sport on Twitter. We're really trying to grow that. We want to, we want to chat to you. We want to hear from you if you're listening to this. Um, I feel like a broadcast from space, you know, if anybody's out there. Um, please get in like touch. the apocalypse that you just put it out there. Yes. More stone yeah. the end. <laughs> um, please get in touch. We'll put that poll out. Come and vote and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>